Hello everyone. I welcome you all to a fresh new episode of my podcast Let's Talk Life's Musings. I'm really glad to have Dr. Shalini Kochella on today's episode. Thank you so much ma'am for joining in. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> It's a pleasure. Yes. Uh Dr. Shalini Kochella is a family and educational counselor. Uh she runs a center by the name uh, Chetna Counseling Center. and uh, ma'am can you just uh, introduce yourself a little more about yourself can you just tell us something well i uh, decided in my mid 40s that i wanted to retrain myself and so i enrolled at andhra university in the department of psychology and parapsychology uh, to pursue my masters in psychology So after 2 years of doing that I then enrolled in the Enfield counseling program um which took 1 uh, year and allowed me to train in counseling in four different areas a uh, mental health setting a hospital setting an organizational setting and school setting and at that time I realized my interest lay in the school setting so I continued to pursue my activities in that area and on the advice of my uh, professors i went on to do my phd in psychology this was to enable me to practice privately um because we don't really have a certification process in india yeah so 2009 i started formally seeing clients uh both at my private uh, you know as a in my private capacity but uh, because no one was aware of my uh, work i went to various schools in vishakhapatnam like timpani bethany little angels uh, shri prakash and a whole lot of others and i offered to work with them you know conduct a couple of workshops either for parents or teachers or the students to introduce myself and for a year i worked part time at little angels and uh, three days a week conducting programs for different classrooms i mean class groups should i say from grade 3 all the way up to grade 10 and uh, i have continued in that capacity and then i also started a reading and phonics program at my center uh, this was i think in 2006 so i conduct a program for grade 3 4 and 5 um once a year so starting in june up to the end of february twice a week <laughs> that is my journey thank, thank you so much uh, for introducing us to your world and uh, i hope listeners will get to know that age is just a number like you just said you started uh, rediscovering your forte into counseling at your mid 40s so definitely i think where there's a will there's a way right so once yes. you yeah so definitely you can take it forward uh, age doesn't matter i mean if you really want to do it you can do it And absolutely absolutely uh ma'am i would like to know uh, like you said you chose uh, child counseling right i mean basically counseling. uh not so much child as i wanted to work with children children and right. i thought yeah and i thought that educational counseling was a good area and also work with children through parents because children 
don't grow up in a vacuum. They grow up in a family environment. They grow up in a school environment and a social environment. But the most important unit is the family. So behavior problems, discipline problems, uh, educating parents, educating children. So yes, that's where um, my passion lies. I think like uh, what you just said, it's really important to counsel the parents first. Like as a whole, you know, the family needs to get in. If the child has to be counseled or child's problems have to be catered to, like you just said, yeah. the behavioral problems or whatever it is, because children learn from home. They look at parents and they watch them and it's always they are surrounded by family. So it's like yes. it's really important to get them into the picture, right? Absolutely. So, so this educational counseling that you said, uh, what else does it get it? I mean, can you just tell okay. us a little more about this? Yeah. So when I did my infill counseling in 2006, um, I worked with at Sri Prakash School. Um, their CEO, Mr. Vasu Prakash, very kindly uh, allowed me to work with his students. So at that time, they offered, uh, basically they said students in sixth and seventh, some of them were having problems uh, in academics. Uh, with uh, poor uh, reading ability, poor comprehension ability. So I used that as a starting point and uh, I worked on their reading skills, comprehension skills, vocabulary, spoken English skills. Uh, whole, uh, the idea was that when there is an improvement in these basic skills, that in general, their confidence and self-esteem would rise and also their ability in other academic areas. And as I started working, I found that more and more, I was seeing similar patterns. So when parents came to me and said, my child's not studying well, uh, he has problems, it could be grade four, grade five, grade two. I found a repetition of this, very poor reading skills, because we live in Vishakhapatnam, the mother tongue is Telugu, and schools uh, that the parents are sending their children to are the English medium schools. So English not being their mother tongue, many of them had major difficulties in learning how to read, uh, speak and comprehend English. So that's where I sort of started then focusing on the educational side. However, there are other things to educational problems. You have children with attention deficit problems, those who are very hyperactive and can't sit still and pay attention in class. You also have uh, children with low intellectual ability. See, not all of us are born with brilliant minds. So the average range is uh, only about say 50 to 60% of children fall into the average range of intelligence. There's 20% who fall below the average range. And within the 20%, there are many who fall in the even lower than below average, which is called borderline. So when my intelligence is not good, then my ability to cope with academics is also hampered. So, we, so I conduct psychological assessments to identify the areas and then counsel the parents as to what you know steps they should take 
what you are speaking i can make out how important it is one aspect is reading from the beginning and reading with the child you know parents yes. themselves start reading in case if they are not good readers or avid they start with the child so that you know the child observes their parents and it actually improves in his academics too right so it's definitely because as you said parents are the model now if you have a home where parents read read a lot of books read a lot of magazines read a lot of newspapers uh also they read to their children from when they are young children pick up the reading habit but uh, today's homes as you know most of the parents are glued to some form of screen whether it is the tv or the phone or the tablet and that's what children are copying so now we're having the other problem we're having the addiction to screen Ma'am, <laughs> so, uh, so in the current scenario that you're seeing, how the generational problems have changed, you know, like what it used to be there, and what you have to handle clients these days, there's a stark difference. Maybe, uh, like you just said, addiction to screens. It was not there when you actually started uh, your clients. I mean, when you started working, right? Um, yes and no. The addiction to TV screen was already present because from the time I started counselling, I remember telling parents not to use the television as a babysitter because what has changed over the years is the family structure earlier we used to live in joint families where there was a lot of help for the young mother so whether it was in household chores or in helping in raise the child or babysitting there were always either a mother-in-law or a sister-in-law or an aunt or someone who would help but in the new scenario more and more young couples are living on their own they go away to different cities because of jobs so now you have this young mother who has to raise a child on her own so either through ignorance or because she finds it convenient she parks the child in front of the tv so that she can carry on with her household chores and so this pres- this problem has been there for some time but with the advent of cell phones tablets um the craze has of course infected everybody not just adults but children and more and more parents are handing phones to very young children and you know what covid has done it has confined us to the home classes are being conducted on uh, over the internet so children really had no choice um and it's become really really toxic the pandemic has only added to the woes of what we were already facing you know uh, addiction kind of has increased and since education also was provided online so parents yes. uh, had no other go but to allow this to happen and it i think it has affected children emotionally and mentally as well you know staying back in closed doors I mean, and then getting addicted to all these gadgets at home even more. So, what do you yes. say about that? How do we uh, oh. now that we are kind of coming out? So, <laughs> well, I am seeing more and more clients coming to my clinic because their children are uh, showing all kinds of problems. One is behavioral problems like aggression. Other children uh, have lost their confidence. Uh, children are saying they don't know how to write because. the schools have not been conducting the regular examinations only the multiple choice questions where they tick an answer 
So they have lost their ability one to focus, pay attention. They have lost their ability to concentrate. They have lost their ability to actually write and solve answers and answer, you know, in the essay format. And of course, yes, addiction has led to other problems, serious aggression and psychological problems in children. Uh, to be honest, there are no easy answers. But one main piece of advice I can give parents is start the de-addiction program. Take away all electronic media for six to eight weeks completely and encourage your children to take part in sports, free play, reading, board games. And the only way to encourage them is when parents sit and do it with the children. So the parents must first put away their electronic gadgets and create a routine where either mom or dad or both take the children out to parks, to the beach, for various sports, you know, play board games together as a family, uh, read books together. And that's the only way to come out of it. I think uh, very well said, ma'am, uh, kind of tips that you have been given, uh, giving right now. So how to tackle this, it's not easy like you said, but I think small steps towards uh, that goal, you know, can definitely make a difference uh, because if we don't start now, then when will we start? It's already too late, right? Exactly. So, and, and like you said, parents have to pitch in now. I mean, they have to give up, maybe they have to sacrifice their own TV time or anything. But if you look at the future of your own kids, you have to do it, right? So, I think Vishakapatnam also has a lot of uh, facilities. For example, my children used to go football at Andhra University or this skating or this badminton that happens in railway yes. uh, indoor stadium is also right quite good. They have a lot of good swimming facilities, yes. right? Everything is opened up. Actually, right? Vaisal, in this area, particularly in our area near the beach road, has a lot of facilities. As you mentioned, Andhra University offers basketball. It offers uh, tennis, lawn tennis. Uh, as you mentioned, football. We have the Municipal Corporation Swimming Pool on Beach Road. There is a cricket academy on the Beach Road. Uh, we have uh, many other stadiums around. As you said, the railway uh, has their own setup. The port has their own setup. So we have a lot of opportunities here. And we've got the Beach Road. Um, what else do you want? Just walk, run on yes. the beach or walk on Absolutely. the beach or play with sand. I mean, these little yes. things matter a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I would encourage all parents to get up with their children by say 5.30 now that it's summers yeah. and go for a walk, jog, cycle, roller skate on the beach road in the parks. Look at Buddha Park. Yes, Have you amazing. been to the new Buddha Park? Yes, <laughs> yes. My children were so happy and we played yes. badminton. In fact, we took our rackets there, we took our basketball, we played in basketball in the basketball court, played badminton and my little one ran around. I mean, yes. facilities are really good here, so people should make yeah. use of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so definitely I think we have a lot of uh, hope for, uh, I mean, going forward. Uh, so yes. there's that little step and in fact, the uh, two to three libraries also set up across Vishakapatnam. So I yes. think uh, children and parents should take them ahead, sit with them and uh, the library that I'm a member of is a very good, they have a very good collection. I've been a member since three years. So I think like you said, along with parents, I mean children also will get into the habit if they actually go visit, look around. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I have been working with parents now for some time, as I said, since two thousand and three, and I have some really star parents who, uh, who yes, may not have known what they should do, but once they were given ideas, they have made an effort, and they come to me now and say, "Thank you, ma'am. My child is reading. My child is doing this." So there are a lot of parents who, you know, just need that little, uh, you know, help. Yeah, a little push, and uh, I find uh, marvels can take place. <laughs> I think that's the best satisfaction for you. Like after all these years that you have been catering to, when parents come back and tell that because of your guidance, there's an improvement in our child. And uh, absolutely, kind of I mean, it it makes my day when I when I either get feedback, you know, face to face, or I get a message, or whatever it is. Um, It, it is just absolutely wonderful. That's why I entered this field. I wanted to help the children. Yes, ma'am. One more thing for our listeners' sake, I would like to know if you provide online services too, or it's only Vishakhapatnam, the people of Vishakhapatnam. Okay, I do provide online, but not because I want to. Um, I have been conducting a few sessions over Zoom. It's okay for adults, but for right. children, I cannot do counselling over Zoom. Uh, children, I have to conduct activities, whether it's paper and pencil activities or it is physical activities, and so I would prefer the parents to bring the children to my center. But yes, for older, like you know, in their early twenties, you know, college-going students or parents, I have, I have, and I am conducting counseling over Zoom. I'll definitely provide the the name of your counseling center in the description. So whenever listeners uh, come back to the episode and listen to it, in case they really want to get in touch with you, so they can do that through this medium. Absolutely. Just include my. Uh, uh, I mean, make a note that they should either SMS or email me because I'm not always available over the phone. Make use of your services because I know you're doing a great job. and in this day and age it's so much of a necessity it has become that i mean you can you can't just ignore these problems you can't just because children these days have been in a emotional turmoil within them so much is going on ma'am uh, uh, talking about uh, teenagers these days you know i understand it's with all the kids but i think you have given workshops for adolescent kids also right you have uh, gone to schools and done workshops yeah Uh, so, most of the workshops with uh, teenagers have been at the schools at the request of the schools but there have been groups of parents who have come to me and said can you conduct a workshop so i have conducted uh, you know workshops sometimes at my clinic uh, in the evenings or during the summer vacations uh, on adolescent you know basically kind of a sex education at the same time what are the kind of problems teenagers face and how they should deal with them so i've done it for groups of boys separately and groups of girls separately they tend to be embarrassed and will not open up if you mix the boys and girls together uh, at that age yes as you know yes. i know you know they are they are just discovering conscious their own identity yes. yes yes very very conscious so yes if but i need a group of at least 5 to 6 I will not conduct uh, a, a workshop for two children or three children. Uh, it's too much of an effort. But if there are groups who are interested, I will be happy to conduct. 
I think that will be really good uh, because uh, I'm sure a lot of parents would love to have those workshops because these days, I mean, uh, teenagers anyways, I mean, when we were young too, we, we always had that as we were going through these hormonal changes, the kind of rebel in us, you know, it used to always come out. But I think given the circumstances these days, it's become a little more, right? Yes. So when somebody like you talks to these children, these group of kids, or have these workshops, you know, it's easier for them to interact rather than the mother or the father speaking to them, you know? It so, is because we tend to uh, go against what our parents tell us because we think that they're constantly nagging us. But if it is someone who is, uh, a, a, you know, a stranger, whether you know, they, they see them as being more objective. Uh, and, uh, and also, my role is not to judge or criticize them. So I am just giving them information and I am uh, making them aware of some of the problems that they might be facing. And then I also try and ask them to think, how would you, you know, like to face this problem? What do you think? So when you do that, then they actually start thinking, okay, uh, you know, I do have a choice. And I think that is very important for teenagers and children, of course, because they want to make their own decisions. So we can help them by giving them the information and teaching them how to make informed decisions rather than just following peer pressure. <laughs> Rightly right. said, ma'am. I think uh, like they have these emotional, hormonal changes and like you just mentioned peer pressure and most of the time the peer pressure during these growing up when they're in the 10th 11th 12th it comes from parents also you know the mindset is still for the parents like my child has to be the best right yes. even if the child is interested or not even if the child wants to do something other than medicine or engineering but they still have to get into the grind of physics, chemistry, maths, biology, I mean, even that's a little alarming and it still, it still continues, right ma'am? Yeah, actually, uh, if you give me a couple of minutes, I'd like to share something that I sure. just uh, experienced. I went for a vacation to Pune and I met a couple of my cousins. And one cousin in particular, she runs um, a beauty parlor. She has two beauty parlors in, in an area in Pune. And then I discovered that her daughter is running one of them with her. And her daughter did not do maths, physics, chemistry in school. After high school, she went in to learn, her, you know, the beautician's, uh, she did a course right. in beautician beauty and she did a course in hair cutting, hair styling, and that she's following her dream. And her son too did not do this. He runs a car decor shop, you know, where they, they, they do the extras, they provide the extras for cars and motorcycles. And it is so nice to see young people follow their dreams. Of course, dreams must be practical. I can't be, you know, I can't just say I have to find my way and expect parents to fund their journey for years and years and years. But there are so many careers out there. Um, and it would be good if children could combine their passion with the job that they would love to do. Um, make for many happier adults. Rather than everyone doing maths, physics, chemistry, even if they have no ability. <laughs> 
Yes, I mean it takes the confidence out of them, and you know, then they find themselves in such a, uh, I mean, pressurized society around them, like the peer pressure and parents' pressure. I mean, then they finally they don't know, and parents are also spending a lot of money in this coaching yes. classes, and yes. every and out there in the educational sector, if you see the online educational market, it's like each player is pitching their best, you know. There's yes. Baidu's. There's, I mean, there are so many. If you can, I, yes. I don't even remember the names, you know. And then for parents to pay lakhs into this and expect the child when they know, the back of their mind, they know they have seen all through this year that the child cannot, I mean, go into this field altogether. But they still do that. So I feel sad for the parents too. You know how much yeah. of an effort financially, mentally. So yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, that is the thing. I think parents should realize that they have dreams for their children, but they need to focus first of all on what the abilities, the children's abilities are, what the children's interests are, and go to an expert and get some career counseling. Uh, you know, it's available. Uh, it's available all over India. In fact, the government has a website. Where you can log on and take career counselling uh, assessment after your CBSE exams. So it would be wiser if parents did that instead of spending 80, 90 lakhs getting them into a medical college and then after one year the child drops out because he or she is not interested or can't cope. I think, like you said, they have to take this career counselling guidance, which is uh, widely available. And I think it'll—it's uh, definitely not easy for a child to make the decision, but at least they will get a fair idea as what and yes. all you can do, uh, what yes. choices are available, right? You yes. can get into a lot of streams, and like you said, practical dreams. In fact, definitely yeah. possible and practical too. But I can yeah. they should have an idea, fair idea of what's going on around them. Exactly, because most of us are only aware of say half a dozen, uh, uh, you know, occupations. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I I like to ask parents this. I said, if you had only engineers on the planet, who would feed your stomachs? You know, we need all the various professions to make right. the world go round, uh, not just engineers or just doctors. Um, yes. Yeah, so it's tough. Parents do have to make tough choices. Children do have to make tough choices, but there are. Avenues and yes, as you said, as parents get more and more aware of what's available, uh, you know, counseling resources, career counseling resources, other resources. Uh, if they avail of them, it make their life a little easier. Yeah, like, and definitely, like you just mentioned, they'll grow up into at least, if not happy, content adults. Okay, yeah. we have tried, we have been there, and okay, this is what I mean. They'll agree to what they had accepted and. They've taken this path to be there in life, yeah. right? Yeah. On that, on that note, ma'am, I would like to know who who is your inspiration in your own life? Ah, uh, to be very honest, I I don't know about the inspiration, but uh, when it came to my daughter having to make a selection, uh, you know, her career choice of career, and I started talking to a few people. Um, That's when uh, I thought of vocational counselling. So my first uh, was not 
based as a counselor as such or doing psychology i just thought i would have to train as a career counselor and so i would say not inspiration but mentors definitely dr shanti prasad at our department uh professor uh, what's his name uh, ashok mr ashok atluri uh been very very good in fact most of the professors in the department of psychology encouraged me no end many of my friends uh, mrs lakshmi devi uh, mrs ila rao they all encouraged me a lot and of course i had my family support uh, without <laughs> which i would not have been able to go and attend full time college for 5 years <laughs> <laughs> so how how was it being a student again ma'am among oh, those I I have to say I did take up a correspondence course initially uh, through Igno. I got the books. I looked at them for a couple of days and I put them away. Then it was only when I enrolled at the Department of Psychology and I had to attend classes from eight to four. I enjoyed it. I wanted to be there in the classroom. I wanted the interaction with the teachers. You know, they set assignments, project works, case studies, and of course, talking to other people. Right, right. I, I can't study sitting by myself. I need that interaction. I need a teacher explaining things. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's nice that you could experience that in your forties. Yes, I mean, yes. it's like revisiting your childhood days, getting back. We all vouch for you know that school memories and college memories, and you could build it all over again. That's wonderful. Oh, absolutely. However, I have to admit, exam anxiety was my pet noir. Oh, I almost <laughs> died every time I had to write, study for an exam, and write an exam. Oh my God! <laughs> I can imagine, ma'am, because just two days. I mean, last week my children finished their exams, but I keep having these dreams. You know, just came to yesterday. I'm like, <laughs> I dreamt of entering, and I lost my hall ticket and everything. And it's a Hindi exam. I don't know why. And then I dream about maths exam, and sit, I'm sitting in the middle of my school ground, and yeah. everybody's attending, but I'm just looking at the building. I keep getting these. Oh my God! I can imagine. I know. No exam anxiety is something very real, and yes. it doesn't matter how much you try and tell yourself that you know there's no need to be scared. Sometimes the mind plays tricks, and it does exist. Yes. <laughs> uh, but the experience of college and the fact that i this was my choice i went there because i had a dream i had a goal i want to be a counselor that kept me going um you know in the end it was basically that goal i want to be a counselor that's what kept me going um i'm sure you must have yes yes ma'am i'm sure you must have got i mean uh, it's not easy right Uh, sitting from eight to four and taking care of the home and the family and doing this full time, I'm sure. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. Family support. My daughter was at college in Chennai. I didn't have to worry about her. My right. husband uh, was supported me fully. Uh, right. I ma- I made sure I had household help. So right. yes, I I have to admit that I was able to go to college without too many worries. Um, Although if you have young children, it's a different story. My daughter had joined her graduation, and I joined my college. <laughs> I can so, 
Yes, yes, ma'am. I can very well relate to the situation that you you went through because my mother, she uh, when she got married, she just had done her SSLC, and uh, she was b- brought up in uh, Vijayawada because my grandfather was engine driver here, and she had done it in Telugu medium. But after marriage, and she came to Karnataka where my dad was working the railways. After ten years of marriage, he got her admitted into an English medium college. She went regularly to college, and we were—I was in, I think, third. My brother was in first, so we were all getting ready. And she, and in fact, ma'am, eleventh and twelfth, she did commerce, but she then shifted to arts, and psychology was one of her subjects. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. So it's yeah. Uh, yeah. really nice. I mean, but you had a good role model. Yes, yes, definitely, ma'am. Yes. Going yeah. to regular college with young kids is quite a task. So I it remember, yeah, I remember her taking vegetable baskets to the. Uh, I mean, with her, finish college, go to the market, get everything home, and then take us back. So I, I know what it means to yeah. do college, whatever stage you know, it takes yeah. an effort. In fact, even yeah. studying for long hours, I remember our friends used to come and help her with her studies. She had really good friends, and uh, and yeah. for the psychology, like you said, you know, a lot of interaction test assignments uh, happening. Uh, she took me for one particular test like that, you know. <laughs> I took uh, I took I took my driver for one. I took my father-in-law for another. I took my daughter's classmates for several of them because we had to take the subjects with us. Yes, yes, I remember. <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's I have to. It was good fun. I have. I am very pleased that I took that step. I didn't ever think I would. I mean, I never dreamt I would do it. But I'm very pleased I did it. And if there are mothers out there who have feel their dreams have not been fulfilled, please go ahead and follow your heart's desire. <laughs> Any final words for our listeners? Well, to be very honest. I think one of the main things to remember is that where there is a will there is a way. If you are really passionately interested in doing something you will find a way no matter what because I very often hear oh I have no time or oh, I have no time but uh, when you really want to do something you find the time. And I think that is something we need to remember. Thank you so much, ma'am. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Uh, I am really happy to have had you here. But how do you feel today, having this conversation? Oh, I feel good. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, this is this is the first time someone's asked me, and my first experience, and I think it's great. <laughs> I've enjoyed myself very much. Thank you, Kiran. Yes, ma'am. And all the best to you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, ma'am. But-